Effective communication is important because it helps identify your place in business decisions and personal decisions. Welcome to Communication Matters with Deborah Malnix. Anywhere you go, with everything you do, wherever you live, and whoever you know, communication matters. Now, here's your host, Deborah Malnix. Hello, everyone. My name is Deborah Malnix, and I am the host of Communication Matters, a show that focuses on the importance of communication, not only in business, but in everyday life. Every success starts with communication, and we will discuss how others have used communication in their careers to their advantage and how you can use communication to your advantage as well. Today, we have a very special guest, Laura Jacoby. Laura is president of 701 Creative, a strategic marketing, branding, and communications agency with more than 40 years of nationally recognized award-winning work for clients in a variety of sectors, healthcare, real estate, legal, and financial. 701 Creative continues to build on its reputation for excellence and innovation in creative strategy, business communication, brand development, digital design, and social media. With 30 years of prior experience as a senior creative director, Ms. Jacoby now works with clients to define strategies, objectives, and goals, then sets creative direction, develops concepts, and produces and manages projects through to completion. Since 1996, Ms. Jacoby has also been an adjunct instructor at Rosemont College, where she teaches a varied curriculum of graphic design courses in the undergraduate and graduate programs, and where she continues to teach a very highly regarded typography course. Throughout her career, Ms. Jacoby has been active in mentorship programs, as well as in lending her time and design talent to help many small and startup businesses. I'd like to warmly welcome this amazingly talented woman to Communication Matters. Welcome, Laura. Oh, thank you, Deborah, for that um, glowing introduction. It's always interesting to hear your own career um, read back to you, um, but uh, I appreciate your kind words, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. I'm very happy to have you. Um, because this show is about the importance of communication and because you are so directly involved in the communications industry, can you tell the audience a little bit of how and why you feel communication and communicating effectively is so important today? Well, I think so many things grab for attention now, uh, you know, probably more so than any other time in history because we're just inundated with so many more um, uh, media that are, are throwing messages and, and, and sound and movement at us. And I think, uh, you know, with video and with the digital and all, you know, so much information, it's really important to communicate clearly and effectively to stand out and get your message across and to come to the point quickly, effectively, um, to say what you mean and mean what you say. I think that's very important today. How do you feel that the communication abilities have changed in the new generation? You know, I always hear a lot in talking to people that uh, the communication skill is getting weaker and weaker and with digital everywhere and that the new generation really cannot communicate as clearly as the prior generation. Do you feel that that is true or false? What would your view on that be? I'm going to speak from my perspective as a teacher and from also uh, receiving resumes and job inquiries. So I'm getting the, you know, 
the college students and I'm getting the early professionals. And I, I definitely do see a common trend. And I think it's because they don't practice talking interpersonally. So they don't have that experience and they're very shy. They're very unsure. Um, they don't like to pick up the phone. They really, you know, and, and I wasn't good at it either. I mean, it's really a matter of getting comfortable and practicing and, and, and putting yourself out there. And they're very comfortable hiding behind um, texts and phones and, and emails and things of that nature. Um, and even in their digital correspondence, they, they lack a certain um, quality of communication. I get a lot of haze, you know, hey there or hey, Laura. Um, I get typos and misspellings and bad English and things of that nature. And I get a lot of students that really are just sending out these blanket emails and not making that personal connection to who they're sending it to, which I think is really important. And the most important thing that I've seen, and I've actually seen this throughout my career, even with professionals that are trying to contact me to get, you know, agency business, nobody follows up. Nobody follows up with a phone call. I mean, the percentage of the times I might get a call or even a follow-up email you know, from a young professional, you know, I sent you my resume last week. Did you get a chance to see it? Is there a good time I can call or just picking up the phone and calling? It's almost zero. You know, it's very interesting you say that because, because communication is so important. It's not just verbal communication. It's really how your body language talks. It's really how your printed message conveys itself. And communication really takes many different forms. But I think that that is an interesting aspect. And I think it has to do maybe with the digital age and the impact of everything is so quick. Following up does so many things for the individual. And it also convinces the individual at the other end that they are important, that they're following up. Absolutely. You get my message. You know, I sent you something last week and I wanted to follow up and see if we might get together, see if you're interested. It continues the communication strategy. It continues the communication to another conversation. And that conversation can lead to an appointment or seeing that person or discussing something. Absolutely. Because what you really want to do is reach out and touch that person with communication. And see if you can establish a relationship. I mean, I, I know that when I was, you know, job searching when I was young, I thought I was bothering people. So there's a fine line between being annoying and being and, and following up. I mean, Following up a few days after you send a correspondence is not bothering that person. Calling them every day, incessantly, five times a day can be bothersome. But that, that sort of keep in touch is really, really important. And it really, to me, always made somebody stand out. Like I said, it's so rare that it always stands out to me. Now, business professionals, like, I'll take that back. They are a little bit more persistent. I do get more of that follow-up email or phone call. Um, but yeah, it's really, I think, as you said, the, the younger generation, I, I think they're afraid and they're nervous to talk to professionals. And I can only say that, you know, starting out here in Philadelphia, when I was a young designer, um, I was intimidated, but I, I joined the Art Directors Club and AIGA, and I was around a lot of older, more seasoned professionals and was kind of nervous, but they were very welcoming. And I really learned to get comfortable talking to people that what I considered knew more than me and were more you know, involved in the, in, the, uh, in the art scene here. And it just takes practice in putting yourself out there. Well, you know, one of the things that I think is so interesting and it's, it's a way of touching people is that when you actually connect with conversation or through body language or, or, or just, you know, through some commonality with someone, 
you open the door for that to continue. If you don't follow up, if you go to a networking event and you don't talk to other people, it doesn't come naturally to some people. And what I always tell students and young entrepreneurs is that the more you do it, the easier it will become. No one at a networking event is going to meet everyone in the room, but I used to give myself that as a goal when I would go to networking. I want to meet everyone in this room and it would keep me busy. But I think the more you do it, the more confident you become and the more relaxed you become about it. One of my most interesting scenarios that I saw just a couple of, of months ago was walking into a restaurant and there was um, a family of five at a table, the parents and three children. And every single one was on their phone. No one was talking. And it was amazing to me because I think dinner is a time to really enjoy storytelling and talk to other people and, and find out what's going on. But for as long as I was in that restaurant, I don't think they ever got off their phone except to place their order. Mm -hmm. It was really quite interesting. And communication is such a vital component of success. Yeah. It's such I, a vital component of everything we do. Yeah. I, I've... I've seen it since COVID, you know, everything is since COVID, but I've even seen this in my own personal communications with friends that there's almost like less to talk about because we're having less experiences to share. So it's been more about, I mean, which is always part of a, a social conversation or even a business conversation. What have you read lately? What, have, what, what shows do you, have you watched on television? But I find that there's more of, you know, there's less to, to share because we're not traveling. We're not, you know, having, you know, experiences with family as often and those kinds of things. So I do feel like the world has narrowed a little bit as far as things to socially communicate about in certain groups. So I, I, I found that kind of interesting. And I'm hoping that we all kind of get out there and become again more well-rounded and more, you know, it's you know, experiencing things again that we can share and talk about and, and involve other people in. Well, because this topic about communications, what would you advise someone who wanted to improve their communications? Um, if someone said to you, well, I'm not really comfortable talking to strangers and I'm not really good at networking, and what would you advise them? Um, in order to improve their communication skills. Now, I will tell you my favorite trick is talking to a lamp. I always tell people, talk to a lamp. It can't talk back. It's not going to tell you they're not interested in your story. But I believe that the more you do something, the better you become at it. But oh, what's yeah. your opinion on that? If someone said, Laura, how do I become better at communications? What do I do? Well, I mean, the obvious is to take a public speaking class or, you know, do, I'm sure there's plenty of things on the internet that are, are, are geared towards how to feel more comfortable talking to a crowd or how to be more effective talking to somebody or networking. I, I guarantee there's a plethora of information out there where someone could use and practice or learn some techniques. But I think it's really, you know, maybe at a networking event, you're not looking to connect with everybody and you're, you're going around until you find one person that you feel comfortable with and looks like they want to engage in, you know, more than a few minutes of conversation with so that you're, you're building that relationship with one person instead of just running around, sticking your hand out, saying hello to a thousand different people. Um, as well. And I think it's just maybe thinking about the things that you want to talk about before you go to a networking event. What is your, what is your goal in networking and talking to these people? Do you want to know what they do? Do you want to know if they have job openings? Do you want to just see if they're interested in 
helping you, you know, in your career with an informational interview. So maybe understanding what the goal of the, of the event is or the networking or the connection is will help you formulate some questions in your head beforehand so that you don't have to wing it and feel uncomfortable, you know, being more spontaneous. I also believe strongly in the more you do something, the more comfortable you are in, in doing it. And the more relaxed you become and the more natural it becomes as well. And, and I wanted to ask you, it's exciting because you're an entrepreneur. And I think that an entrepreneur really uses communication in many, many different ways, much more so than, let's say, working for a corporation when you were where you are in an office and you're filing a report or, or creating a story. But how do you have something that you could really relate to our audience where you felt communication really played a pivotal point in your success? Um, that's hard to say that, that uh, you know, a pivotal point, I, I would say maybe a pivotal point was in my, in my job with Deborah Malinix Advertising and, and the fact that um, I was given a, a trial assignment and it was, uh, you said that it was me against another person and I understood the goal of what you were asking and wasn't just about designing a new ad. It was about how was it going to communicate to the audience it was intended. And I, re I remember explaining my design to you. And within a minute, you told me I was hired because I understood that that piece had to be, had to be effectively communicating what it needed to communicate, not just be a pretty ad or just, you know, more organized. Um, and that, that was pivotal because then that became you know, a 30 year relationship of building and growing an agency next to a, an amazing um, businesswoman and mentor in person. Lots of laughs, lots of, <laughs> lots of growth, you know. So I would say that that's pivotal. And that was actually, that wasn't a, ver well, it was the way I was verbally communicating it, but also understanding that in my field, the print and digital and audio things that we design and write to communicate need to be on point as well. For those who are, are listening, I didn't really concentrate on this, but Laura was my art director for 30, 35 years, I believe. And we had a wonderful working relationship. We communicated all day over a wall that separated <laughs> our offices. <laughs> and we had wonderful, wonderful conversations. I have the utmost respect for Laura. And um, she continues, she continues to use her talent today and her wonderful style of communication. As I said, it's so nice to have an entrepreneur on. You're the first entrepreneur specifically that we have had um, who has continued the business. What are the, let's say, difficulties you have found in communicating? We all have these situations where we will talk to someone and they will answer with one syllable. Yes, no. And you're trying to pull the conversation out of them in order to get them more involved and active in, in what you're talking about, but they're very, very limited. What's your feeling on that? What is the best way to really pull information out of people to sustain a conversation? Um, that's a good point. I don't think I have too many situations where that actually happens to me, but I, you know, I have some clients that aren't able to articulate what they're looking for. They may, you know, express things that don't make sense or aren't really giving me enough information, but my experience with working with them gets better and better each time. So I'm able to then uh, extract the information that I need or understand what they're not looking for, which is sometimes, you know, uh, a better thing to do is to say, okay, 
this isn't what they want. But it, it, it becomes just a skill, how to manage people, how to listen to people, how to pay attention, um, and, and actually, and how to know when to end a conversation too, if you're not getting where you need to go and, and, and a person is not willing to, to engage any further, you know, you just say, okay, you know, I'll talk to you later and you, you figure it out. So that also comes with experience. But my style, I think I, you know, my mentors in my life, probably when I was younger was my dad. He was very comfortable and easygoing and he really communicated everywhere we went. He said, hello, he wanted to know how people were. Um, and I saw people really warm up to that. So I, I, I sort of, um, I guess, inherited that from him. So there's a, a level of comfort that I feel I can, I can put people at. And uh, waitressing was an extremely helpful talent um, career or, or job as I, as I did that for several years. And that it was really about service and how to make people feel comfortable. Uh, tables would tell me they felt like they were the only ones in the restaurant. And my clients often tell me they feel like they're the only client that I have because my attention is focused on them and I, I service them and get everything done that I'm supposed to and I'm organized. So those are skills that I, I'm really grateful for and have served me really well. We've talked about some of the very positive points of conversation. And I think the audience is all also interested in some of the tragic consequences of maybe not understanding um, or someone not being clear. And those situations I think are a part of life, a part of communication. Can you relate an incident or an experience you had where let's say a client was just very difficult with explaining and, and how did you handle that? A lot of times I think people just feel, I'm not even going to bother. But I, I believe that if you really want something and you want to get it, keep trying because tenacity is a very big part of success. But have you been in a situation where someone simply didn't understand how to communicate their ideas? Oh, and absolutely. You know that yeah. happens a lot. It doesn't happen a lot, actually. I, I, I think the level of the uh, clients that I work with are beyond that that point and are in their jobs for the reasons that they, they are the best at what they do. So I'm, I'm kind of lucky that way. And, and, and yes, you do get clients who don't, can't really articulate as well, but it's, you know, I find that that's my job is to ask the right questions, make them comfortable. It might not happen in one conversation. I might come back and then, and have a list of other things that I need to ask. Well, here's some things I didn't think about in our first conversation. Are you able to um, sometimes I ask clients to send me what they like or what they don't like, even if it's something visual, you know, just as a process of elimination, because, you know, design can be subjective to, to a certain point um, or messaging or whatever. But I, I think that I've been really successful in managing that. And it's really because I present myself as being part of a team. I don't come in and, and, and tell a client what to do. I work together to solve the problem and come up with solutions. So it's never like, you should do this or you should do that. I never come across that way. Or, you know, I can't believe you're doing this or this is terrible or you should, you know. So it's really about creating the relationship and that and communication is a big part of that and making the client feel like, you know, you're on their team and not telling them what to do. One of the qualities that I saw in you that I always thought was very, very positive was and I've used this in, in many speeches I've done, that there are two words in the English language. It costs nothing to say them. They're very easy. 
and it makes such a difference in people's lives. And those two words are, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and when you thank anyone for a job they've done or for something that they've come through on, it makes them feel good. And they relate that feeling of feeling good to you because you've thanked them. And I remember one of the most amazing things when I was in business working with Laura was that a printer had told me he could count on one hand all of the clients who called to say thank you after a job was delivered. And I thought how sad to do a really good job, have it delivered and not be thanked for it. Because we are pack animals. We like to be recognized. We like to be told that we've done a good job. It's a basic characteristic of being human and it doesn't cost anything. And it's really amazing how few people use that. It's like a little hidden secret sometimes. It's thank you. Thank you for the job, it looks great. Thank you for getting it on time. Thank you for making sure that we met the deadline. Absolutely, all those things. And I call it the secret sauce, but I, I really do feel it from, you know, I don't just do it because I know that'll make my vendors, you know, run through, you know, jump through hoops for me. I do it because I'm, I, I actually I appreciate what they did. And you're right, a lot of people forget that. There's a, there's a large chain that happens from the, top, from the top to the bottom. And there's a lot of people that make that happen. And we do forget. And it is amazing when you let people know that they're appreciated. I, you know, when I have service people do things or, or anybody, I'll be like, is, is there a number I can contact? Do you have a supervisor? Is there a place on the website where I can give you a good review? And a lot of, no, we don't have that. Or thank you so much, you know, because people will hear what they didn't do good more than what they hear that, that they did do good. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that um, culture of negativity, you know. I like the culture of positivity. And I think in the field of communications, there are many other ways people can communicate other than verbal, facial, um, a smile, you know, just uh, a sigh sometimes could convey, can convey a feeling of euphoria. There are so many ways we can communicate and so many ways we don't take advantage of that when we do, it makes the other person feel good. And when you can make someone else feel good, they like to use you because mm -hmm. you understand. And I have heard that so many times from clients of the firm and from people who have worked with you. She understands what I want. She understands what I need. She understands what I'm trying to say. And it's not magic. It's really experience and concentrating and listening to what the person is trying to say. Some people can phrase it clearer than others, but knowing that gives you such an advantage, not only in the workforce, but in interpersonal relationships, in meetings, in a variety of situations where communication is at the core of everything that we do. I think also too, I mean, that's all of that. And I think, yes, it is about listening and it is about um, giving that person the space to say what they need to say in the way that they say it. But it's also about respecting what they do. I remember, you know, realizing that, you know, this person has so much on their plate and I admire and respect how they're, they're getting all of this done and how stretched thin they are and how they have little work-life balance, you know, and just sort of really empathizing and putting myself in someone else's shoes and realizing, you know, that everybody's dealing with what they're dealing with and, and just having a respect for that sort of um, creates a, a good relationship as well. Uh, with a client. 
What is one of the most difficult things you find about communication with clients or with others? Hmm. Difficulty. Well, I mean, you know, these Zooms have certainly become a, a, a new uh, form of communication and people think that they're simple, but I find it interesting that a lot of clients don't put on the put on the audio. I mean, don't put on the video because they're at home or maybe they, you know, it's different, but I'm thinking we would have had a face-to-face -face meeting probably anyway, and I would have seen your face. So I do, I, I do like Zooms less when they're just strictly audio. I do prefer seeing my client, especially because we haven't seen each other. I miss stopping in. Um, sometimes you just stop in and say hello or send flowers or just do things because you, you know, you, you like that person, or you care about them or you respect them. And that also is, is a, is a form of communication uh, that people don't realize. You, you brought up a very good point. And we, we talked about it for, for a little bit earlier that communication is not just verbal. Communication is your facial expression. When you're talking to someone, it is your actions, your, your body actions. language. When you're talking to someone, and we've all heard people say, I just love talking to that person because they, they just seem so happy or they're so excited about the project or they really convey a feeling of being grateful to work on it. And you're conveying this without necessarily verbal communication, just by your facial expression. And that is another part of communication. And that is something that sometimes you have to work at. Some people are very non-expressive. And that's difficult because you can't tell whether or not they're happy with your, the approach you're taking or whether they don't like it. You really have to dig a little bit. But I think that comes with practice. I, I think it, it comes from really deciding that you want to be more expressive and, and practicing with that lamp. <laughs> because the more you do something, the more comfortable you become with it. And I think that that is a big part of success. Now, let me ask you, because, Laura, you're very active in this field, and I know that you mentor and you teach. What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you have received over your career from someone you have worked with or a, a peer or a subordinate or uh, a, an employer? Have you been told something that you really felt made a difference in how you approach things? Um. There's probably a couple pivotal points. I would say maybe in school, um, my teacher who I respected immensely and still to do to this day, um, it was tough, but he was he he gave us a foundation like no other. He told me I was I wasn't mean enough to be in this business. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say tough. He said I wasn't mean enough. So um, I always, I guess I took that to heart for a little bit, but I realized that I was never gonna change. I was just going to be nice, but not a pushover nice. So that that was an interesting uh, assessment of my personality. Um, I would say that early in my career, I was told that my use of typography could be stronger or needed to be pushed. And after that, there was no looking back. And hence why I teach a typography course now, it is a an utter love of mine and a determination to teach students how to use type aesthetically and practically. You bring up a point, excuse me, that I, I think there's such a strong connection to, and that is when you enjoy something and you tell something else about that, that there's a joy that they feel. 
and you're communicating in a way or in an additional level rather than just giving information. But it's like, you know, sometimes when you're discussing a book you've read and you really loved so much, or you've seen a movie, or you went to an event, and, and the happiness and the joy of you telling that story is coming across. And your audience is picking it up. And it's a way of communicating your own happiness with that. This is one of the things that I always stress. There are so many different ways to communicate. You can communicate with the word. You can communicate with a story. You can communicate facially. You can communicate with body um, expressions. That communication is not just verbal, but you have to incorporate it into a variety of, of chapters, so to speak, so that you can create a wonderful, wonderful story. And we know people who are wonderful storytellers. We know people who are wonderful in relaying information. We know people who can converse very easily and it makes for a, a much more interesting story. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think it's important in communicating too to just pay attention and read, read, read the room or read the person you're talking to. If you feel like you're going on and on too much, you know, their face will give you clues that, you know, all right, you said too much or wrap it up or you're repeating yourself or they're not listening or they tuned out. I mean, there's a, a lot of, it's not only talking, it's about paying attention to, to, to others as well and making sure it's a give and take, you know, if, if it's that situation. Obviously, if you're a lecturer and you're standing up there talking, that's different. But if you're in a more interpersonal or into business situation, it's really about, I think, really paying attention. So I'm good at that. I'll, I'll make sure I'm not over talking or interrupting or overstepping or, you know, I'll check my tone because I can be a real know-it-all sometimes and talk like, you know, you're supposed to know this or, you know, I know this and why don't you? So I have to check myself for that little bit of, you know, know-it-all behavior. Um, you know, it's interesting too, in teaching uh, over the years, I've realized that I can say something to my class and everybody hears it a different way. So communication is really about, you can communicate with someone if they don't really kind of comprehend the way you're communicating. That's a whole nother thing. So it's communication is different according to who you're talking to, obviously. Um, so students have a need a different sort of form of communication. Um, they need repeated, they need things repeated. I've I've had students come in and say, like, oh, I didn't hear her say that, or she didn't say that, or she didn't say it this way. So why did five out of eight people understand and do what I instructed and the other three didn't hear it, didn't write it down, or just didn't comprehend it the same way and, and, and missed the boat on it. I had one student this semester, it actually made me laugh. I said, where's your central idea? Where's your central visual? She said, you said that we shouldn't never have one. I said, what? When did I say that? Well, when we were working on, oh, I said, no, you shouldn't just arbitrarily res resort to centering your type. It was about centering typography, you know, just because you had no other ideas. And she took it that I said that your work should never have a central idea. So insane, you know, and, and just a different form of communication to, uh, to a younger audience. Well, you bring up a point that I think is, is very relevant today. And how many times do we have people say, I thought you meant this, or, uh, uh, well, that's not what you had said. And the perception of what you had said is totally different to the person you are speaking with. So they are, they are seeing something totally different. And you are saying, I, don't, I just don't understand why they didn't do this because I was so clear. 
And I think one of the reasons for that, I think, is because there's less maybe verbal communication. So it's not as clear. The clarity may have dropped a little bit because if we're not using it, then we're not as defined in, in the clarity of it. But to me, communication is just so fascinating. It's really such a wonderful way to connect with people, such a wonderful way to really be able to touch and feel in many different ways in many on many different levels. And I hope that we never reach the point of where we simply don't communicate. We, we just do the digital communication or we send messages because there are such wonderful ways we can touch people by smiling and, and talking to them. And it's really interesting because of course, you know, I'm, I'm very involved with animals as well. And I've seen some really tough animal cases and the person will just talk to them, just talk to them lovingly. And they respond, they respond to that gesture. They don't know perhaps what the person is saying, but it's the tone of the voice and the comfort that it brings. And I think it's like that with people, we're all animals. And I think when you talk to someone who really seems very interested in what you're saying, we respond, we're happy. Oh, that's very nice. And it's, it's a fascinating field and there are so many levels to it. But I think to really become competent practice, no one gets to be extraordinarily successful without practicing elements of, of a formula. And speaking is one of the basics and conversation is a basic and it is so critical to the success of anyone in business, of anyone in a relationship of anyone. And we all hear that, oh, we you know my, in a relationship, so-and-so doesn't speak, or I can't get that person to talk. Communication is one of the strongest elements of a relationship. It's uh, any, right, any relationship, right? Any relationship. And the clearer we can make it and the stronger we can say it just enhances and strengthens our relationships, not only with maybe, you know, opposites, but with everyone in our life. And, and all it takes is a little practice and thinking about what we're saying. And I think that that will make your life so much happier and so much more effective in what you are doing. We're coming to- Oh, can I just bring up one more point? Sure. I, you can I bring think, up many more points. Okay, yeah, let's talk for an hour. Um, <laughs> that's can, no problem. Can, you and I could communicate for, for days. <laughs> um, I think, I'd like to just bring this up because it's getting lost in the shuffle, but I still think handwritten notes and thank you cards are so much more personal than an email. And I know we're all quick to do that. I've done it as well. I mean, it depends upon the situation, but there's still nothing like somebody that, you know, it just feels like they cared enough to take the time to make the card, write the card, buy the card, stick it in an envelope, look up your address, put a stamp on it and get it into the mail. There's just, there's still something a little bit more personal about that. If somebody helps you, if somebody mentors you, or even when you're looking to reach out to somebody to mentor you or for advice, um, there's nothing like that, that personal connection. And that's, and that's, in a business, that's in a business or personal relationship, mm -hmm. um, that gesture of the, of the written word as far as in lieu of the typed word. Now, of course, it won't, might not be in cursive in the younger generation since they're not learning cursive, but there's just something still. Um, people think that, you know, we're heading into this new age, but these old practices, I mean, look, albums are coming back. I mean, despite the fact that we have CDs and all that, and, you know, Pandora and all this digital uh, music technology, albums are coming back. So handwritten thank you notes should come back. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, it's not old school, it's right school. I think 
the point is that those things enhance the relationship and the conversation between two people or three uh, among three people or more. And what it does is it makes us feel good. I think anything that makes us feel good in conversation with or communication with someone is a very healthy way to go about life. And you mentioned, you know, just, just like we talked about the two words, thank you, or the words that you could put down on a piece of paper, it stands out from the crowd. And I think especially in job interviews, if you can take the time to write a note, you will be remembered. And I remember years ago, someone in the HR field saying, I always remember those people who write me a note after the interview because they have taken time to put down, address an envelope, mail it to me. So to me, that means that they are detail oriented, they're interested in my reaction and they wanted to thank me for my time. And it's all true. Anything that you can do in conversation that would set you apart from the masses that would really make you qualified for what you are seeking, do it. And if you don't do it well, practice. As Laura mentioned, there are lots of, of, of available sites on the internet that you can search, that you can take a course, that you can talk to a friend about how he or she became very comfortable with conversation. We all have people we enjoy talking to because they're just great conversationalists. They know how to tell a story. They know how to actually make us feel good. And you can be that person. It just takes practice. Some people are natural at it, some aren't. But with practice, you can be much better at it than you might be right now. I, I, uh, one thing that stands out to me too as well, and again, when, the, when young professionals are contacting me you know, via email to see if there's job openings, I, and this is just one, one or two people did this in, the entire, in my entire career. They said, oh, I, I went to your website and I saw your work for blah, blah, blah. And I, it was so interesting the way you approached and solved that problem. And I, I would really be interested in learning from you or talking with you. Like they made that connection. It wasn't just, you know, dear sir or dear madam. Mm -hmm. um, it really stood out to me, you know whether it was sincere or not. I mean, it sounded sincere. It's just, it was like they took time to, to want to work with me or want to hear my advice, like understand, you know, what I have to offer or who, you know, what, what they can learn um, or contribute to that situation. So again, those one or two, two or three times, I think at the most that has ever happened where someone actually said, you know, knew something about the agency or my work or what I did, or I saw that you teach at Rosemont. I, you know, usually when I'm communicating with somebody new, I try to find a connection, LinkedIn. Well, do we have any common friends? Uh, sometimes one woman was a stand-up comedian and I connected with her by saying, oh, my girlfriend does stand-up comedy. Where do you perform? And, oh, she did that. She played there as well. That was, it was, you know, and we, we just connected over that. So doing some research and finding again, that human connection also helps you communicate with somebody. Mm -hmm. And life and success is about connection in many different ways on many different levels. And the more you can practice that and be comfortable with it, I think the more successful you will be. If you could give our audience one piece of advice about communication, what would it be? Um, just to be confident and comfortable in yourself. Just realize that 
to the for the most part, everybody you talk to is human. They're um, they're not better than you. They're not worse than you. They just may be more educated, more experienced, more practice, more you know. But in general, the person that you might feel uncomfortable speaking to is okay to speak to and they want to a lot of people just want to help or listen or be there it's, it's amazing your perception of people being kind of uh standoffish or you know not willing to help is wrong i think most people myself included really want to to engage and help and be there one of the elements i tell some of the younger um students i work with is that when you have experience and when you have um, a vision of what needs to be done, one of the most wonderful things is relaying how it works. Well, you had mentioned earlier going into a room where there were people who were successful in the various fields. Well, if you can't tell people how successful you are or how you solved a problem, it's not nearly as much fun. And I have found over the years that when a person is successful, they love to share their wealth of knowledge. You just have to ask. A lot of people say, oh, I couldn't ask them. They're, they're too busy or I didn't want to bother them. Try it. Try simply saying, I really admire the work you've done. I wonder if you could just spend a little time with me and just talk to me about how you achieved it because I'd be very interested in learning. I respect the work that you do. It's a compliment to them and you're touching them on a human connection. You're not being overly, overly, you know, admiring. You're simply saying, I respect your work. I really would like to know a little bit more about it. People love to talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. Love it. And it's nice to be recognized. Every person likes to be recognized for the work that they do and for what they've accomplished. It's part of being human. It's part of, of, of our evolution. So think about how you would approach a conversation with someone who's successful. Think about what you could say. And I think being honest is really, you know, a very important part. Don't overdo it. Just simply say, and, it, and a lot of times I, I really appreciate people who say, you know, I'm not really good at this, but I want to be better because it's really revealing a part of yourself that is human. And that's what we as a an individual need that connection. And then, I mean, sometimes when I've told people, when I've stated that to people, they've said, oh, well, let me tell you what I went through to get here. And then sometimes I can't stop them <laughs> because they've gone through a lot. <laughs> yeah. But communication is just a really wonderful tool that can work to your advantage in so many situations. And the stronger you can make it, the more successful you will be. And, and I think learning from mistakes is, is important too. Not, not you know, I can't say every time I talk to somebody, it was, you know, in the beginning was, was good. I made mistakes. I stumbled over my words. I'm sure I've stumbled in this interview. Um, you know, talking off the top of your head is not a skill everyone can master. Uh, so, you know, you learn from your mistakes and, and, you, and you build on that. So being able to do it fluid, fluidly without any uh, mistakes is not really a goal because you learn from mistakes as a part of it. Okay. I always, I like to ask my um, guests uh, this question and I'm always, I always smile at the answer. What <laughs> is one question you wish I asked you, but didn't? 
Oh, good. Something that you that we did not cover that you really would like to share <laughs> with our audience. Um, maybe some of the, I don't know. There's so much. My head is spinning right now. There's a lot. I guess uh, maybe just I, I like making people laugh and maybe just uh, telling about uh, a couple resumes that I received and and how wrongly they communicated and and what what not to do, but. Um, you know, besides one woman actually misspelling her own first name uh, in 78 point type at the top of the resume, uh, her own first name, uh, the, the one that sticks out to me, and, and I have to admire them trying to be different. And that's the thing with communication. It, you have to be careful about being different or being right. Um, and this person had a picture of himself on the toilet, you know, with his back. It was photoshopped together, and it said, um, "Why settle for number two when you can have number one?" And <laughs> um, so, here's, here's communication used in a very unusual way. Yeah. So, <laughs> I just—it's it, just a funny story, and and, and it, something you didn't ask me about was just the plethora of resumes that I get with really poor communication. And I've I've written back to a lot of people and said, you know you know, have someone read it over, you've made typos or, you know, don't say, I can't wait to hear from you. You need to say, when's a good time to follow up? Those kinds of things. So uh, I think res resumes have a special type of- right. uh, Can I ask you a question about the response of those individuals when you spoke to them about their resume really needing some work? You, um, what was it? Was it- Disappointment? Was it shock? Was it disbelief? Was it? I think I got one response once. And that was it? That was it. Even the woman who I told you have your name wrong. Nothing. No, no thank you. Nothing. No responses except once from somebody. That's it. Yeah. Well, now you can see this is to the audience why, if you practice and become good at communication, you will be successful because to a lot of people, it's not important and it is critical in employment and in success. Communication is one of the most, is one of the strongest elements you can ever have as an individual. And, 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 I, and I would say to the, again, I guess I'm focusing more on a younger generation at this point. I've talked about the way I interact with clients on my level, but um, get rid of the word, hey, just please, no hey, no hello, hi, I'll even take hi, dear, do not write to me and say hey. <laughs> As part of the letter and the It's the salutation, hey, you're just hey, dot, 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 or hey, Laura, or hey, Ms. Jacoby, or any kind of response to me, whether it's by text, you know, if you're a student, if you're just, hey is too casual, it's for horses. <laughs> Just a, pet, just a pet peeve of mine. And we all have them, but I think they're all very interesting um, because it could make the difference between you getting a position or not. I think the stronger you are in communication, the stronger you are in touching people, the stronger you are in touching someone, you will be much more accepted and a part of, of the realm of possibilities. Uh, I you know, there, there are cultural changes, though, in employment now where hey, hey is probably acceptable, you know, in the way um, writing is done now. It's I'm, I'm speaking again from, you know, 
maybe a more of what I call an old school perspective. So, you know, there is, there is places for a more casual culture as far as casual dress, casual work hours, you know, those kinds of things. So everybody has to just sort of find their niche and where they fit in. So mm -hmm. if you're trying to communicate with someone in, in a certain area, then talk they communicate in their language. So again, it's about adapting to your communication to different situations, which I think is important. But I think that until you know that, play it safe. Don't say, hey, because you can eliminate some people with that. But if you say dear or just state the name, oh, then you've hello. got a much safer, safer base from which to. Do you have a pet peeve, Ben? Do I have a pet peeve? Am I allowed to ask an interview question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your pet peeve in communication? I think what bothers me is when people say they're going to do something and then don't do it. And I think a lot of people will say that they're going to do it casually and they will never get around to it. And then I will have to follow up and say, by the way, you were going to send me the name of this person or you had asked me to talk to this person, but you never gave me their contact information. I think that the follow-up in many cases is something that really bothers me because it's not something that comes after the fact, it's a part of the process. And I see that happening a lot where, and look, we're all busy, we're all doing you know so many things, but if you say you're going to do something, do it, write yourself a note or do it as soon as you can because then you don't have to remember it. But I run across many people who say, oh yes, I'll send it to you or oh yes, I'll get back to you or, oh, sure, let me send you some dates when we can meet. And then they don't. It's just become a part of conversation. I would say that that's something that I'm just aware of. And I will usually make a note and say, if you don't hear back from this person in several days, you know, a couple of days, whatever, then contact them again. But it really is a peeve. You know, it, it's upsetting to think that people don't follow up on what they are saying. Uh -huh. my, my feeling is don't say it then if you're not going to do it. Just say, let me see what I can do. And then if you can't do it, I won't think that it's a terrible thing. But it's very interesting. I think we covered a lot of um, general areas about conversation and how it's used and how it can be made stronger. And I think that that's really what we are emphasizing here. Everyone communicates, everyone dresses, everyone combs their hair. But what is it about those actions that make some people so good at it? And I think in so many ways, it's practicing, it's emulating, it's imitating, and it's asking. Mm -hmm. And asking someone who is knowledgeable about an area is a compliment unto itself. And don't hesitate. And keep trying and keep practicing. Because the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. I think it starts with educators too, or not starts, but I think educators play a real factor in that because, you know, again, going back to my uh, college experience and my teacher, we couldn't look, we couldn't, um, when we critiqued work or, or talked about our work, we couldn't say, oh, you know, I did this because I thought it was cool, or I really liked the fact that, you know, I like his colors. He made us articulate, he made us explain, he made us communicate on a, on a deeper level. And I have a, a thing with my students where I won't let them say that their work is cute. You know, it's, it's not cute. It's clever, it's creative, it's conceptual. Um, and I make them articulate. And I, and I, 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 
not demand, but it's part of their grade for how they talk about their work and critique, critique their classmates' work. So I, it's, it's making them talk and making them express themselves because they're, that's the part, they are shy or they don't know what to say. So it's about develop, helping them develop that at, a, at an early age. So I was shown that and I try to impart that. You stated something that I think is, is a very interesting point. And it's if you don't have the ability now, ask yourself, what can I do to make it better? You know, you don't get anywhere unless you ask yourself how you're going to get there. And I think that particular process unto itself is, is a wonderful knowledge gainer where you say, okay, if I would like to be in front of people or if I would be teaching, what can I do to make myself more comfortable and more in tune with what they might be asking? We are great, great sources of our own information. <laughs> and we can ask ourselves our, our, these questions about how to be better and what do we think we could do to feel more comfortable in situations and then try it. What's the worst thing that could happen? It wouldn't work. Then you would try something else. But in terms of, of actually achieving a very successful result, that's a small price to pay. So I think we agree that communication can be used in a variety of ways, and it could be used very strongly and is an important element of success. And the better we are at it, I think the happier we will be as individuals, the stronger we will be as people, and the better we will be able to relate in our positions. So with that, I would like to thank Laura so much. And thank Laura, you would you like that. to um, give a contact for our audience if they perhaps have a question for you or if they would like to get in touch with you, how can they reach you? Absolutely, they can uh, email me or at uh, Laura, L-A-U-R-A at 701creativellc.com or if they prefer to verbally contact me, they can call me at 215-627-1348. Well, Laura, I would like to thank you. I am you know, very thrilled that we were able to have this program with you and talk about the importance of communication in personal and in business and to really tell my audience of what a wonderful person you are. I have known Laura for so many years. And one of the things that I feel is one of the most important parts in life is what kind of individual you are. And Laura represents some of the best qualities you can have. So you can call, you can write, and I, am, I have no doubt she will get back to you. <laughs> I'm making a heart symbol. I know you guys can't see it, but... <laughs> well... well as I like to say, and I'll let you in and we can end this, I learned from the best. So, and that was you. You were an incredible, incredible mentor, businesswoman, woman, person, uh, designer, creative extraordinaire. So, um, right. and I learned from others and I learned from you just, just the same way. I think we were open and um, it was a very, very enjoyable time. And I'd like to thank our audience for listening and and to start thinking about how you can improve your communications. And I'd like to thank you, Laura, for the wonderful um, tips and stories you have told today. And I will see everyone on the next podcast. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Deborah. Have a wonderful day.
You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Communication Matters can be heard on the Voice America Business Channel. Check and listen for new shows every week. Until our next program, keep the communication going.